Welcome to Doctor Who 50 and 50, Part 44, released through Beer 42. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler. Today we're talking about Mark of the Rani, and in our reader poll, this came in as the favorite story starring Colin Baker as the Doctor. This is story number 140, came in in season 23, stars Colin Baker as the Doctor, of course. The companion for this story was Nicola Bryant as Perry Brown. There are two villains here. Uh, One is the title character, the Rani, in her first appearance. The other is the Master. Season 23 was a bit of an experimental season in terms of the format of the series. It had moved back to Saturdays and was in 45-minute parts. So instead of being twice a week in half-hour broadcasts, it was once a week in the full-hour broadcasts. So this one is a two-parter in the two 45-minute parts, although there are edits available that have it as a four-parter in four half-hour parts. The basic plot for this episode is that at the beginning, the TARDIS is driven off course when it's on the way to Industrial Revolution England. It ends up at the wrong place, but in the right time, so the same time that they were aiming for. When they arrive, they eventually learn that both the Master and the Rani are there. Now, the Rani is another exiled Time Lord, and the Master is there to try and use the Rani to help him control Earth by controlling its greatest geniuses, including George Stevenson, Michael Faraday, and a number of others. There's a meet of 20 of these brilliant minds of the Industrial Revolution that basically determine the course of at least the Western world on Earth through the 20th century. Now, the Rani does have a planet of her own, and she's been experimenting on those aliens with sleep deprivation, has been trying to reduce their sleep so they can basically give her the raw materials she needs. But the side effect of that is increased aggression. So she's been coming to Earth, and apparently in multiple time periods, to try and extract a chemical that she needs to help her control these aliens. And it's the chemical that humans need to sleep. The extraction process leaves distinctive marks on their neck, which is where the episode gets its name. That is the mark of the Rani. She also force-feeds the mind-control worms, so she's able to force them to do her bidding. Now, like most episodes, there are ups and downs. Some of the good things about this episode is that the Rani does make a pretty good foil for the Doctor. She's really more selfish than evil, and she's also very intelligent even by Time Lord standards. So she has the potential to give the Doctor a good run for his money. She sees humans as inferior and therefore unimportant, aside from using them to achieve her own goals. So it's not like the Master who's trying to rule or anything like that. She just wants the power, the resources, and humans are a tool that's going to help her get there. So to her, extracting this chemical is comparable to, you know, humans who participate in clear-cutting for the sake of their business. The other thing I like about it is that we really do have three different agendas here. The Rani and the Master do have different goals, and the Rani knows it. So she's only working with them out of necessity, and it's pretty clear that they could break off this partnership at any moment. Basically, the Master steals this rare chemical that she's been extracting from humans, and he uses that as leverage to get her to do what he wants. It's also nice to see Perry dressing up in period clothing to blend in upon her arrival. The Doctor doesn't. He's got that distinctive Colin Baker coat, but Perry does, and that doesn't happen often enough in actually either incarnation of the series. There's just too many times that they show up in clothing that these characters shouldn't be wearing if they're planning to blend in with that time period. On the downside, I think the Rani would have been a a stronger villain had she appeared in isolation. So it's nice to see the contrast in terms of her goals and her approach when she's up side by side with the Master, but there's a lot of times she feels subordinate, and I think if she started off first appearing in a solo story, we could have had a better chance to see what the character can really do before seeing how she deals with a team-up with the Master. 
One of the other downsides to the episode is that there is a point where the Rani is transforming animal matter into vegetable matter. So she's basically transforming humans into trees with these mines that she's developed. And a tree branch moves to save Perry's life. And that not only is it out of the story context when apparently this character has been turned into a tree and this is not reversible, but if he has been turned into a tree, why can't his branch move? It also stands out because it's got poor special effects. Now, the classic Doctor Who is not known for spectacular special effects. They're known for doing the best they can on a budget that's just not big enough to do the job right. And this is one of the cases where the visual effects just drive me out of it. It's very clear that this is not even remotely close to being an actual tree. I do appreciate what it says for the Luke character, but there had to be a better way to get through that point in the episode than what we ended up with. We also end up with two historical geniuses who see the TARDIS fade into oblivion, and yet it has no mark and no mention in history. That's, again, doesn't sit quite right with me. Now, a couple of these are kind of nitpicky complaints. It is, generally speaking, a strong episode. I see why it has come out as the number one Colin Baker episode. At least now, when I'm watching the episodes to do these podcasts, I'm doing them in the original broadcast order. So it has been more enjoyable than, say, Vengeance on Veros that immediately preceded it. And it does start to show Colin Baker as the Doctor and how his Doctor is different than the previous incarnations. It took a little while for that to settle down. His first appearance in Story 137, he was inconsistent and written that way as saying this is a side effect of his regeneration, which didn't go quite right. But here we're starting to see a little bit of the cantankerous character that we had from the first Doctor and even to a lesser extent the second Doctor starting to come through. We're seeing some of the arrogance come back as opposed to Peter Davison who had some, but Davison is probably the most down-to-earth Doctor so far. So it does stand up fairly well. All in all, it is a very enjoyable episode in this era of The Doctor, but as a fan getting into it, so far I wouldn't recommend starting with the Colin Baker era. There are earlier eras that are at least more similar in tone to the new series than this one is. At this point, it feels like the series is trying to find its legs and find a new direction. And some of these directions are working, some of them are not. At any rate, join us again tomorrow when we sit down to discuss Story 141, The Two Doctors. Thanks for listening.